0: Hi everybody, welcome to a new episode of Unapologetic Sec. My name is Claire and today I will be interviewing my dear friend Jerry about her master thesis. But before we get into it, here comes the usual disclaimer. We are a podcast made by students and we don't represent anybody but ourselves. So keep that in mind. Jerry, before we get into the questions about your thesis, could you please maybe tell us a little bit about
1: yourself? Okay. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I'm Jerry. I'm from China. Um, I recently just finished my, study, uh, my research master program in literary studies. Um, but before that, I also did a master's degree in Chinese literature. And before that is a bachelor's degree in English language and literature and culture. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm, I'm a long time student. I'm really glad to be here to share some like my perspectives in my thesis topic and also like the process regarding my thesis writing. So yeah, your thesis was about androgyny in science fiction,
0: which feels very niche um, for, especially for like sociology students, maybe. So how did you come <coughs> up with that topic? Like, Where did this interest come from?
1: Okay. So actually, um, while I was doing my Chinese literature, I feel... Um, my interest already changed into science fiction which is why i want to um do this second master regarding english um, language literature um because like science fiction is a it's more mainstream in western culture i guess compared to asian cultures like in the fall in the past few decades and then yeah and i always want to explore the gender topics and philosophy in science fiction so um actually my goal of writing this thesis is quite um, clear from the beginning when i started to do this research master and then i want to combine these three topics over three fields science fiction um, the literary theories of uh, science fiction and gender study and philosophy together um, and i also don't want to just be restricted with f- feminism because there's a lot of thing has been done in Um, both philosophy and science fiction regarding feminism. So um, I want to change my topic with, which is like regarding both genders. Um, Then I was looking at (laughs) um, adrogeny because adrogeny is uh, gender identification, which uh, you identify both with female and male, which is a little bit different from hermaphroditism, which is like the physical condition where you have both um, genders organs in one body, but uh, androgyny is purely a consciousness state, or like you can say self-perception as both female and male. So yeah, I think that would be something new um, to explore Um, the female characters in science fiction and how it can relate to my own culture. Um, For example, like the Eastern philosophy, Taoism and Buddhism because in Diasa and Buddhism, we don't emphasize on feminism, but it's just naturally um, connects with feminism in some way, but um, it's not like very radical. It's just like rega- uh, to say like female and male are quite equal in this um, two philosophies.
0: Yeah. But it's really interesting for <coughs> also bringing in kind of like an, an, a different perspective because I feel like my view of science fiction and maybe even subconsciously of like androgyny Mm -hmm. is always very Western. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it feels, science fiction sometimes feels like a thing for white men, like stars and stuff. Um, So it's really interesting that you're also bringing in like the Eastern philosophy. Um, Yeah, I think we already kind of defined what androgyny is. So maybe Mm -hmm. we can understand it more as like a gender expression Mm -hmm. of um, neither being like male or female but how would you define science fiction?
1: Okay, science fiction, um, actually uh, there are two huge debates um, on science fiction, for example like the famous writer uh, Margaret Atwood would say science fiction what she said is like a speculative fiction so it's more what we call it's like soft sci-fi but like Star Wars um, or Star Trek, people would call it hard sci-fi. Or Asimov's, like um, like the canonicalism in science fiction is definitely hard sci-fi. But like um, in the Handmaid, and also like the film Arrival, or I Origins, this kind of like romantic, more romantic and soft sci-fi is speculative fictions. But um, the other great science fiction writer. Um, Ursula Le Guin would define it like science fiction actually includes speculative fiction because the key element of science fiction is about estranged cognition. Um, like you have this sense of estrangement of your reality, but at the same time you can also recognize it like some familiarity with your reality. But like yeah, you just like distance yourself from your reality, but at the same time you recognize the similarity or the panthers of your reality. So that's the two elements of science fiction. Um, but I would say um, science fiction is a really different genre from fantasy because, for example, like Star Wars, it's science fiction in this, uh, it's fantasy in this because the story is a closed cycle. Is a closed circle. Um, like you see the characters building from the beginning. Um, you can also predict um, the ending of where the story's motif and the plot from the beginning because it's refers to biblical imagery a lot and um, it has this distance from your reality because Star Wars is basically like a fairy tale or family opera in space but it's nothing related to your. Um, reality that much, but if you want to say, like, um, I learned something from the sky or Luke Skywalker, then that's fine. But it's like it's different in a way. Science fiction, most science fiction, for example, like soft science fiction, you can always um, relate to your reality at the same time. You cannot predict the ending or um, the ending of the characters because the character's ending is based on the choice she made or he made in the. In the, uh, in the development of the story. So the story is not decided by the self willness of these characters or the protagonist, but the like, protagonists as same as us um, are totally um, conditioned by the environment where the writers um, conditioned us to. So yeah, that's science fiction because like we feel we are living in that world. But at the same time, we have no control of our fate in that world. It's totally based on our personal um, decisions throughout the story and throughout the process of how this character is thinking at at that moment. Yeah,
0: I think also maybe a good <laughs> example of then from fantasy is like Lord of the Rings.
1: It's yes. like
0: this very... Stereotypical story about like, okay, there's this character and he has a quest mm-hmm. and basically from the beginning of the movie, you kind of know that he's going to fulfill this quest yes. or at least reach the end.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: While in some science fiction movies or for example, like The Handmaid still the book mm-hmm. itself had almost an open ending
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, where it feels a lot more um, you, you as, a, as a viewer or a spectator. You don't know what's gonna happen, and you still emphasize with like the people in the in the movie or in the book because you can recognize some <coughs> elements, but it's yeah less predictable
1: maybe in a way. Yes, less predictable. Or like um, what I did with my thesis, I when I conceptualize what science fiction is, why it can include speculative fictions because speculative this word can you can already imagine that it's something happening while you were writing it. Like you write it not because you already had a ending in my an ending in your mind, but you just like follow the course of this story and then you see where it goes based on what you experienced in real life and what's the the word building you built for that characters while you were writing that fiction. So it's not something you had in mind from, all, um, from the start. And it's just that always has to be involved with the yeah the circumstances in that world, yeah.
0: So what I also really like about science fiction in that sense is that you see these characters placed in like a situation which feels very unfamiliar, but you can still relate to them and then through these like bigger topics. So sometimes you can see in science fiction movies that they discuss or the movie is based on the theme of love or mm-hmm. or um, paternal relationships. OK, maybe talk a bit about that with relation to movies, for example.
1: Yeah. OK, so science fiction. What I uh, what I really like about science fiction is like um, it makes all the moves like it's something really inhuman because we see aliens Or like extra um, extraterrestrial creatures, like from like outside from Earth, or something that we can see every day. But in the end, it's kind of provoked you to think about what is what it is mean to be human. And so the themes of science fiction always comes back to humanity because it makes this contrast with inhumanity and make you think about naturally just respect what is. Uh, retrospect what is like human being like what is mean to be a human but (coughs) I think it's um, I think the theme can be simple because um, you always in science fiction think human being as a species you put yourself in a large scale for example there's cosmos sociology in science fiction so human being is really a species when you put yourself in that situation you're always dealing with other species as other citizens from from other planets but you all are under the same um, big sitting uh, as a universe and then yeah then you would naturally just distance yourself like okay so how are we gonna deal with the future stuff like how you are going to um, survive in the future it's not necessarily you have to you have to go on a wars with this like aliens creatures but you always need to think about the survival questions so what can we do as a human to survive in the bigger scale um yeah so that's it and but mostly the films for example christopher nolan's film is always about love like in um interstellar is the love between father and daughter in um the recent one, the tenet, is friendship love. Um, and also, like, the momentum is self-love. And also, like, the inception is is couple love, yeah. Yeah. So it's always really simple thing, but, like, th- this simple point can really start, yeah, can really make you start to think about what is, like, the connection among humankind.
0: And especially sometimes these very simple themes can be very complicated, even in our own lives, and especially when characters are put in these really uh, alien, alien. Um, scenarios. Yes. And I also think like the idea of humanity versus alien is really interesting in, for example, the movie Dune that just came mm-hmm. out. We love Timothy Chalamet <laughs> and Oscar Isaac and everyone else in that, that movie, but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, thank, <laughs> you, thank you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> But anyway, like in Dune, it's really interesting because you see these characters and we look at them first as being human, but then slowly are also start to realize like, oh, even though they look like us, humans themselves have become the aliens almost, yes. which is super interesting, especially with the element of spice in the movies, which mm-hmm. is like this um, like magical, not magical, but mm-hmm. I don't know, almost magical, mythical spice that prolongs um, people's uh, lives um, and they get better health and stuff. And that is what like enables space traveling. in (coughs) But then can we call still call these characters human? Yes. If they utilize
1: this spice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really interesting. Like, yeah. Like what, what I just said, like, science fiction is really trying to make these contracts between humanity and inhumanity, but the inhumanity itself is trying to make you rethink about what it is to be human. For example, like also in The Dead Walking, like in the end, the zombies are not the crazy stuff. Like you are really scared by people who survives there because they are not human anymore. They are even scarier than the zombies because they are the real evil ones. And also in Frankenstein, um yeah like the the husband of Mary Shelley. Yeah, Mary Shelley like yeah, or the female scientist which re- creates the sci- Frankenstein. It's like she's not treated well by the yeah, by the by her husband or the male world. So he she invented this monster look like creature which turns out to be a softy and a really like really heartwarming, yeah, really loving, kind um creature, but people just like, yeah, detest it from her from his look, and yeah, it's really sad actually. But like in the end, we see the Frankenstein is much more human than other human. You yeah,
0: know? The, especially like the people from the village who yeah. try to kill it and yeah. stuff. It's like. Then we question what is humanity, and humanity is maybe just like loving each other
1: in yeah. <laughs> <and> a very <laughs> sentimental. Yeah, I think it's ultimately about empathy.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Th- this is where I can connect with like Eastern philosophy because, yeah. Uh, when what I relate my thesis writing and androgyny to Eastern philosophy is like androgyny is more about, um, because we are, com- uh, because we can, if we can, identify ourselves with both male and female. Then we can understand both genders' um, mentality, and then we can create more empathy towards each other. So this society can, yeah. So like this society can be more harmonious, like because this, um, Adjurjani naturally creates a, a spectrum of gender in one individual. So you can think like. On the one hand, as a male; on the other hand, as a female. But you can always go between because you can understand both extremes, both ends, really well. So, yeah. And the theme of a journey I made is uh, empathy. But like Eastern philosophy also um is unique, or like different from um Western philosophy. Is like it's naturally trying to eliminates the hierarchy and discrimination between differences because like in western philosophies the linear way of thinking or the rationalism which is like highly praised by Kant and Hegel um, is really a progressive and aggressive thinking so that's why it breeds um, colonialism and racism and the always like the western philosophy always trying to like being more Western-centric or Eurocentric yeah. and they try to civilize other cultures or modernize, we would say, because modernize is always like emphasizing on the progress of the society. So it always think, um, move forward, or like, yeah, the linear way of thinking is like more um, advanced or superior than other cultures. But Eastern philosophy really don't think that way because there's no linear in Eastern philosophy. It's always monism. Because it's monistic in a way, for example, how Taoism deals with differences. Taoism trying to make two differences, like the yin and yang, they are they are very different, but they can work fine in one big circle. So yeah, so it's kinda like holism in a way, or like the system theories you know like one uh, like two elements can work well perfectly well in one system but at the same time they are different so there's no compromising between these two because they complement each other but at the same time they are both indispensable in this one circle and Buddhism um, the, the huge theme of Buddhism is like the equality because they think differences are empty there's this is illusion to think of that anything is different from other like each other so so to emphasizing on the differences is meaningless and so naturally there's no discrimination and yeah hierarchy would be created under taoist or buddhist condition yeah
0: yeah and how did you then relate that to science fiction in general Because (coughs) i know in your thesis you kind of looked at like the novel, the film and art performance. Yes. Uh, but how did you then, in the end, were able to relate like Eastern philo- philosophy, um,
1: androgyny and science fiction all together? Okay, so first I made the connection uh, why I can put Eastern philosophy, Eastern, Eastern philosophy is under the condition of science fiction, because like science fiction always goes for something alternative. It talks about alternatives, like what is different from the mainstream stuff. Uh, So Eastern philosophy compared to the Western, like Western society or Western um, situation is the alternative. And adrogyny at the same time compared to the um, heterosexual or bisexual like this... Like the binary system. system. So it's like um, Western philosophy is dualism and um, Eastern philosophy is modism. So these two philosophy is alternative to each other. And science fiction works perfectly well. Can provide this middle ground between um, two differences, and also like gender, androgyny is alternative to what we, yeah, we normalize nowadays as gender, deg- um, gender categories. So both of them are alternative elements. So science fiction can provide this like middle ground between androgeny and Eastern philosophies. And I choose my first uh, study case is. Uh, as like the the green's novel, the Left Hand of Darkness, it's actually talking about like how this othergenie species um, teaches us human being observer at their planets to discover what it is really means to take care of each other, to be friends and to love each other. So it's uh, again a really simple a uh, simple theme in that novel. Um, my second case is the film Predestination. It's actually talking about self-love because this ordinary characters, which is also a, 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 her, a hermaphrodite like hermaphrodite yeah. and then he trying he or she tries to discover who she is throughout the time loop setting which is like a huge sci-fi um trope but yeah. like uh, but the theme, the essence of uh, the essential theme is still like trying to discover what what is yourself? Like try like how we discover what is it to be a human being. So in that movie, this Android character first really are confused about his identity because she also thinks she was a <laughs> she. Yeah. Um yeah. All the time. But then in the end, like she tries to adapt to her um uh, male identity or male body at the same time. So at the end the elderly version of him or herself try, finally comes to terms with like she has both bodies and both identities. Yeah. Yeah. And the last one is the art performance by Boy Child. Um, Yeah. She she basically is a transgender artist, Um, but in her dance, like her art performance dance is like a deep syncing and dancing in the Japanese style of Buddha. If you know that dance, it's kind of like a pain dancing, like you trying to transfer or to channel the pains of the human beings and also all the creatures on the earth um, trying to channel these pains of other things and to express them in your own way in your body and it creates uh, what in Japanese culture called as the ultimate empathy so um, all my uh, all of the three cases I chose as my study cases for my thesis has the same Thing which is empathy. The first empathy is created between a human being and an alien, and the um the second case is like how you create this empathy, uh, empathy within yourself, and the last one is create this empathy within with all the world, yeah, and all the beings in the world, yeah. So yeah, it's so interesting to hear <coughs> about how you basically also
0: for yourself maybe answered the question about what makes us human Mm -hmm. and for you, it's an empathy. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's really interesting to see how you related that to also a very um, scientific and linguistic topic. Yes. So, yeah, really interesting to hear. Um, Maybe we can give kind of like a conclusion about what we just talked about, because it might have been a lot, (laughs) but if I like (laughs) heard it well, the summary is basically that um, Um, Science fiction, androgyny, and Eastern philosophy, they relate to each other because they all talk about um, um, something alternative, Mm -hmm. something outside of the Western binary way Mm -hmm. of
1: thinking. And um, trying to emulate the hierarchy and discriminations among differences. Yeah. It's it's such a nice conclusion. I really like it. (laughs) And I think androgyny can be a really practical topics in the future as because like if anybody's like dating life sucks because because you still suffer from like okay I really don't know what that guy is thinking I really don't know why I'm so needy as a female but once you can embody this um mindset so you don't have to think like that because you just like naturally understand like your like opposite gender because you just has it yeah you just have it in your Also,
0: just the whole idea that everybody has feminine and masculine qualities within themselves. And of (coughs) course, you can also even question what is masculine and what is feminine. And that's that's the thing what it does. It makes you think about, okay, why do I think uh, uh, soft and caring is is a needy thing or a bad thing? While being like more um, aggressive or whatever is a good thing. So, yeah, it's really nice to... Kind of try to adopt this critical thinking about gender within yourself, and also then with the movies yes. you watch or the, the the culture that you consume. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it, in your like your thesis, because it must have been a process of <coughs> like a year. How long did you take to write it?
1: Um. Actually, only. <laughs> um, I actually spent a lot of time do the reading thing. Um. The inspiration comes from the last courses I had in at Uva, which is like a compulsory courses like the uh, basically the teacher asked us to write a chapter of your thesis beforehand. But it doesn't have to be like your real thesis. It's just like you imagine this final paper as a chapter of your thesis and then you Kinda of can relate this topic in this paper. You can relate it to your like the final theme of your thesis. So uh, while I was reading for feminism and um, science fiction, I find um, there's some character are basically just very adrogenous to me. So I got this idea, and then I was trying to explore it with Eastern philosophy. So I basically started do this reading for three months before I finally started to write my intro. And I spent two months writing my intro because the more I read, the more ideas can pop into my mind. And it's really hard for me to narrow down my topics into like a really con- concrete argument or a hypothesis. And then, yeah, so it's really hard for me. Like um, if I can give you any advice, it's just like to, yeah it's good on the one hand to do more readings, so you can prepare yourself more and you are always having so much uh, so many ideas for later um, development of your thesis but at the same time you really need to pay attention to the timeline or the deadlines of your writing so yeah but for me it's always difficult to start like to write the intro and then i only spent like one month to write the rest of Chapters. Oh my god, that's insane to me. (laughs) Yeah, because like, yeah. So it can really benefits if you write a really good introduction part. So like the whole structure of your thesis is really clear. You don't have to think about it. You just need to flesh it out, um, in following chapters.
0: Yeah. So it's basically pay attention to
1: your outline. Yeah. Like make sure
0: your outline (coughs) is very clear to yourself as well. But. Yeah, it's so nice that you had this topic which you were so passionate about that you almost felt like your thesis was too small yeah and that's maybe also a bit of my my giveaway for this podcast is for your thesis really choose something that you're passionate about and that you want to learn about yourself and feel like it's important Mm -hmm. uh, because then it makes the writing process more fun, like it will yeah. still be
1: very hard. <laughs> it's very hard, like procrastinate a lot. Like don't start, once you're writing, start to write and don't stop, because once you start to procrastinate, it, it's gonna stop for two weeks, and then you haven't read or uh, write, like for 15 words, like even, it's really hard. So don't stop, like if you write it, if you started writing, then just keep it, like keep writing. Keep writing. Keep yeah. writing, <laughs> don't stop, yeah.
0: I think last year with my uh, thesis while I was writing it, my uh, supervisor also said to me like, write, write, write. Even though you feel like what you're writing is shit and you mm-hmm. won't use it at the end, just start and then probably your thoughts will
1: pour out of you at yes. at some point, hopefully. Like, <laughs> don't have this confidence in yourself that you are gonna remember what you lived at like the last time you wrote. Like For example, like you wrote this your first chapter um halfway and then someone just calling you out for like let's go have a party or something i'm gonna assure you you can no longer continue the same like the mind like with how many ideas or clues you had at that moment you left back to yourself yeah it's really it's really sad if you stop and then it takes one or two weeks to catch everything up yeah.
0: yeah, so basically when you get into it, stick to it. Stick to it. Don't <laughs> let
1: anyone like getting away of it. <laughs>
0: um, Thank you so <laughs> much for coming. I'm sorry for the
1: coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Do you maybe have like some final thoughts you want to share or? Um, yeah, just like, yeah, I don't know if anybody is like... Because I'm. I'm really clear about what I'm gonna write from the beginning. So this is really important because a lot of my friends were classmates while they were writing um, their thesis, they really got fed up by it because they are actually not very passionate about their topic or they really don't know what they're gonna write. So it's really important for students to explore your interests, like at least like your academic interests or topics in the beginning of your study. So um, in the later courses choosing and you can just like develop your courses Around that topic, for example, like I chose a lot of like um philosophy courses and courses from other um, departments to serve my interest in gender philosophy. So yeah, so it's really important to find your interest in the beginning. Then you can have a really like more relatively more pleasant writing process of your thesis definitely. otherwise it's gonna be really like a hill hey, ride. Right. yeah yeah
0: yeah definitely yeah <laughs> and i also think your advice to kind of like once you start to figure out what your interest is in maybe talk to some people and i hope this podcast like will also help you to especially for sociology students sometimes our topics feel very like given and we're like <coughs> Um, oh yeah there's these kind of like standard topics that you can choose from but be creative you can be creative and it it can still be scientific and academic but make sure it's something that you are passionate about and there will probably be someone else that is very interested as well in this very niche topic of yours and will try to help you find it so yeah, don't be shy to look around, ask people for their advice, or talk to other people about your interests and your topics because I think it will really help you. Yes, definitely. So, yeah, thank you everybody for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for having me.